We begin the Gemara today in the last few words on the Pei Zayin Amid Beis, where it says, Omer Papa. This is going back on what we learned in the Mishnah when it comes to a case of Pegemes Ksubasa. When there's an argument between the husband and the wife, the husband says, I paid you the full Ksuba. And the wife says, no, I only got a part of the payment. So what does it say in the Mishnah? She's going to have to swear if she wants to collect the part, the remainder. So the Gemara explained that this whole Shvua is only Midrabanan. Not minatayra, because minatayra. Whenever you swear, it's only to pata yourself of paying, not to collect payment. She wants to swear and collect payment, and also the Gemara said a shvu is only when it's metaltalin, money, movable items, not karka, not a piece of property. Here, though, the lien for the ksuba is on a property, so it can't be a shvu minatayra. Similar, the Gemara said the same thing regarding a case where the husband has an aid echad that is supporting his claim that he paid her already. So even though she's swearing to collect the but it's only a shvur midraban. So now on this, Rav Papa comes and says as follows. Rav Papa said, If the husband is smart, he can do something and bring her to be forced to swear menatayre, not just midrabanan. And Rashi explains there's a big difference because when you swear midrabanan, it's a very light shvur, it's, it's not with a full severity. When you swear in a teire, so you have to swear in Hashem's name, you have to hold a sefer teire in your hands, it's something that's very, very severe. And therefore, this is something that, which may cause her to think twice before she swears. Mm-hmm. So how would he bring it to Shavu What he does is, mm-hmm. Let him pay her the ksuba now, in front of one aid, even though according to the husband's claim, he already paid her the full ksuba. But he's going to pay her now the ksuba a second time in front of one eight. And then, v'somich, sada kama, asada basra. Now he brings both of these two eidim into the bezdin. And both of them are telling us that the ksuba was paid. The first eight saw the first time the ksuba was paid. And the second eight sees the second time the ksuba was paid. It's costing him a ksuba two times. Correct. So he paid now the ksuba twice. But now what is he going to do? Umaykim lohu lahanach kamoi b'milveh. Why is, why is he paying this ksuba a second time? Because now he's going to turn the money that he paid her in the past for the ksuba into a loan. I'm paying you now the ksuba. That money I paid you before for the ksuba is not going to be for the ksuba because I'm paying it to you now again. That money that I gave you then was just a loan and therefore now you have to pay me back that loan. So now what happened? He turns the tables on her. The whole dentata is now not a dentata anymore about ksuba. And it's also not about a dentata where she's trying to collect money. Rather, now it's a loan and she's the one that is trying to potter herself from paying this loan. So in such a case, it'll be a shvum and a teire. That's what he's accomplishing over here. So on this, the Gemara asks, this is not necessarily going to work. asks, but how could you combine the first aid that says that he paid her the ksuba the first time and the second aid that says that he paid her the ksuba the second time? You can't combine these two aidas. They each saw a separate payment. If they each saw a separate payment, so they're not two aidim that he paid her the ksuba. So you have one aid and one aid. So if you have one aid and one aid, what are you going to do if she's going to deny the first payment? She's going to deny the second payment. And she's going to swear. She's going to swear on the first and on the second payment that she did not get paid yet. And she'll make a shvua that she didn't get paid. Now the husband's going to be stuck. He's going to have to pay her a third time. 
Alright, so in other words, what the Gemara here is saying is, Tysus points out that the truth is in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, this is a machlaikis, whether you could combine one aid and one aid that's all a payment. But here the Gemara is following the opinion that you can't combine one aid and one aid for this payment. So if so, he may be forced to pay a third time. So how does this help? says what he's going to have to do if he wants her to swear menatayre, he'll do as follows. Give her the ksuba now, pay her a second time, but this time when you pay her, pay her in front of two aidim. Bring that aid that you paid her before the ksuba and another second aid now. So you're paying her now in front of two aidim. So she cannot deny the fact that she got paid her ksuba now. And then, and then when you paid her the first time, you turn around to her and you say, I once paid you before and that money I gave you is just a loan. And now you owe me this money for a loan. And she's denying that payment, so she's denying a loan. And when you deny a loan, so then she'll be chayv and atari, because she's not fully denying the loan. She's only denying part of the loan. She's saying she got paid partially, so that's a regular maida b'miktsas. And she would be chayv to make a shvuim and atari. So now, again, the point is, he takes it from being a shvuim and atari to becoming a shvuim and atari. Again, Ravashi asks on this, Maska Flora Ravashi, there's still a problem here, because Akati, she can still come and argue and say, she's going to say, maybe there were two ksubis. I got married to you, and you told me you're going to give me two ksubis. Or in, in the Shittim B'Kabetzis, he says that sometimes if a husband promises his wife such a large ksube, so he makes up with her that he's going to divide this payment of the ksube into two payments. Because it's such a large ksuba. So she's saying, listen, yeah, you paid me the ksuba twice, but it was taka a large payment of ksuba. You paid me once before, and now you paid me once again. And they're both payments for the ksuba that I deserve. So therefore, how, what are you going to do in such a case? And she's swearing and she's saying, for the first ksuba, she's saying you didn't pay me fully. And now she, she could also deny and say that she didn't get paid. Uh, Again, no, 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 regarding the payment now, she can't deny this because now there are two Adam that saw that she got paid. But for the previous payment, she can say that uh, that was also a payment for the Ksub and she only got part of the payment. So if we're trying to turn this into a Shvue Minatayde, how? By turning it into a loan, that it's not going to be an argument about Ksub anymore. So Ravashi's saying, no, 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 it's still going to be an argument about Ksub because she's claiming that this is all the payment of the Ksub. There was a large Ksub and there were two main payments for this Ksub here. So how do, how do you accomplish anything? Elam Ravashi, so Ravashi says that who the Maidalahu, this is only going to work is if when he has the second witnesses for the second payment, he's going to notify those witnesses before the payment. Listen, really, I paid the Ksuba already. The only reason why I'm paying the Ksuba a second time is because she's arguing with me about the first payment. And I want the first payment to be a loan. Therefore, I'm paying it a second time. If she lets the Adam know in advance, that he that is, sorry, he lets the Adam know that in advance, so then she can't use the second Adam to support herself. What was she trying to do here? She's try, trying to support her claim. She's saying, look, I have Adam that he paid me the Ksuba now, and these Adam know that it was a payment of Ksuba. So that proves that there was a large Ksuba, and therefore he paid me once before. And once again, look, ask these Adam. They'll tell you this was a payment of Ksuba. No loan involved there at all. 
So now the husband has a problem. But if he tells the Adam in advance, this is not a payment of Aksuba, this is just to turn the previous payment into a loan. So when she wants to use these Adam to support her position that this is a payment of Aksuba, the Adam is going to say, no, 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 yeah. the husband already told us before that this is not a payment of Aksuba. So therefore, what's going to happen is the previous payment before is going to turn to a loan, and then she's going to be high to swear, Menatayda. So this is if you feel Pekeach, if you're smart, then you'll be able to do this. <laughs> Going back to the Mishnah. Mm-hmm. It said in the Mishnah that if she wants to collect her Ksube and its properties that the husband already sold to someone else, and there's a lien on these properties for the Ksube, but then she's going to have to make a Shvua to collect from there. Tananasam, we learned in a Mishnah in Mesechta Shvuas. Yusayimim that want to collect the loan, so they also have to swear in order to collect the loan. Okay, so the question is, what is this referring to? Why and when should the Yusayimim have to swear if they want to collect the loan? Miman, who are they collecting from? Are they collecting their loan from a loyve, from any borrower that borrowed money from their father? If their father could collect the loan without making any shvue, because they're speaking about a case here where they have a star. They have a star that the money is owed to them. So there's no shvue necessary if the father's collecting. The Yisayimim should be put in a, in a weaker position that they should have to make a shvue. Usually we try to do whatever we can to support Yisayimim, not the opposite. It over here to make it harder for the assignments. Why should they have to swear? Ella says the Gemara Hochikama. Rather, the case of that mission is as follows. If there are Yusaimim that are, are, are coming to collect money from other Yusaimim, so then, since they're collecting from Yusaimim, it's only with the Shvua. This is Bechlal Da'alacha. Whenever you collect from Yusaimim any loan, you always have to make a Shvua. Over here, this Mishnah is saying is, even if it's Yusaimim that are collecting from Yusaimim, they have to make a Shvua before they collect. All right, so in other words, the case over here is that you have Yusaimim and the, the, these Yusaimim say, we never got paid this loan. And the other Yusaimim say, no, our father did pay the loan over here. So, what, so, they, so, so they're going to, no, there's no one eight over here. No one eight, just a Shvua. You have to make a Shvua. And they're saying that our father never told us, our father never left us any document, any receipt that this loan got paid up. They don't really know 100%. They can't make a shvua for certain. But they're going to make a shvua to say that we, our father never told us and we found no receipt to say that this loan was paid up. That's the shvua. So the case over here is only if the argument is as follows. So the Yusayimim, the, uh, of the of the loyve, of the borrower, they said, Our father told us, Yes, I borrowed money from this person, but I paid it. And now the other Yusayimim from the Malve, they say, No, we never heard that this loan was paid. Then if that's what the argument is, they're going to have to swear in order to collect. But if the Yusayimim of the Loive come and say that our father told us, it never happened, never borrowed this money, this whole thing is a, is a lie. So then, so then, even with a Shvua, they won't, will not have the ability to collect because this person is saying that he never borrowed the money. And what, what are they saying? They're saying that our father never for sure told us that he got paid. But, but since he, they're denying the entire loan, you won't be able to collect at all. Not even with a shvur. But the Gemara doesn't accept this because don't forget, what are we talking about over here? We're talking about that these Yusayimim are coming with a shtar. They're not stam trying to collect the loan, stam with words. They're coming with a shtar. If so, the question is, maskif adarabe. The, the logic is the, on the, in the reverse. We have the following rule. If anybody denies a loan and says, I never 
borrowed this money, that's equivalent to saying that you never paid. If you never borrowed, you obviously never paid. So if so, over here, what's happening? The, the Simon of the Malva have a star. And this person says, the Simon of the Loivis say, our father never borrowed the money. So that we know is not true. He did borrow the money because there's a star right here. And if they say that the father said he never borrowed the money, that means he never paid. So if so, Adarabah, there's more of a reason to allow them to collect and maybe even without a shvur. So the Gemara Taka says, you're right, Eli itma, itma. If we learned what Rav Yudha said, we learned as follows. That Amr Abzrika, Amr Av Yehuda, Loishanu, when was it learned that Yusayimim have to swear after collecting from other Yusayimim? Elisha Amr Yusayimim, Amalano Abba Levisi Paraiti. If the Yusayimim of the Levi said, our father told us that he borrowed the money and he paid. So even though there's a star, but it's possible that it was paid. So in such a case, you're going to have to swear. <laughs> but if these Yisayimim of the Leivis say, our father told us that he never borrowed. So then Ephron, Sholei B'Shvur. So then the Yisayimim of the Malve get paid even without out making any Shvur. Unlike the usual halacha with the Yisayimim have to collect with a Shvur. Because Because since they're saying that the father said he never borrowed, so he obviously never paid. So therefore, they're going to have to get paid. They, they can get paid. They can collect the money without any shvua. The next thing it said in the Mishnah was, If she's getting paid, not in the presence of her husband, her husband left town, and she's collecting money from his properties for Aksobah, so then she has to collect it only with a shvua. It's a nickname he had. This story came in front of Yitzchak in Antochia. The Bach is actually going to say Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha. And he said, This halacha that we allow a woman to collect and she's going to have to make a shvua. So this is only by the case of a ksubesisha. And the reason is, we want the husband to find grace in the wife's eyes when, they, when she, she comes to get married. She shouldn't be worried that one day my husband could divorce me and skip town and then I won't be able to collect the So therefore we allow her to collect the with a with a, with a shavuah. But if it's a person that's owed money, person that's owed money, so then he's not going to be able to collect anything. Bezin is not going to go to a person's properties to get a payment of a loan if the uh, borrower is out of town. We're going to have to wait until he comes back. So that's what Rav Yitzhak Nafcha says. Rav Nachman. Rav says, no, Rav Nachman argued and said, even by a person that's owed money, if the borrower is out of town, Bezin will go down to his properties and get the loan paid. What's the reason? So people shouldn't go and borrow money from their friend. And then and he picks himself up and moves overseas and he's gone. And now you can't collect the, the loan that he owes you. So in order for this not to happen, then what happens? The Gemara continues. And you're going to close the door in front of borrowers. No lender is going to want to lend money because they're going to be concerned that the borrower may skip town one day and it won't get paid back. So therefore, Rav Nachman says that Bezum will go down to the, to the borrower's properties and collect for him, just like by the Ksub Basisha, so that this person shouldn't leave town. Rav Shimon, uh, so the next part of the Mishnah, it said, Rav Shimon said, it's not here, Rav Shimon says a statement, and it's not clear what Rav Shimon was speaking about. Rav Shimon said, If you look back at the beginning of Pezayin Amit Beis, you'll see there the full statements. Rav Shimon said, If she is collecting a then the Yarshim will, will uh, ask her to swear before she collects. If she's not collecting a Ksobe, the Yarshim cannot have her swear. 
That's the statement of Rav Shimon. That's not clear exactly what Rav Shimon was going on, what case is he arguing with. Maria is going to ring four and maybe even five different shatim what Rav Shimon was saying. Rav Shimon, ahai, what is Rav Shimon going on? So Omar Rav Yirmiya, the first shat Rav Yirmiya says, aha, it's going actually on the very last case that the Mishnah said that we were just speaking about. If she's being paid, not in front of the uh, husband, so she should not get paid only with a shvua. So for this, so the Tanakama says, According to the Tanakama, it makes no difference if she wants to collect from her husband's properties, whether she wants to collect mezaynis, she gets fed from his properties in a case where the husband passed away and she gets mezaynis, or she wants to get a ksuba payment. Whatever the payment may be, either way, she's collecting from Yusayimim, she has to make a shvua. Oh, so Rab Shimon Lameimar, and now on this Rab Shimon comes and says, Kol Shman Shetevask Subasa, only if she's collecting a Ksube, so then Yerushem Ashbir Noisa. The inheritors could stop her, and they could make her swear before she collects. But, Eino Tevask Subasa, if she's not collecting a Ksube, Eino Yerushem Ashbir Noisa. So then, if she's just collecting mezaynis, she wants to collect the mezaynis that the husband owes her, this she can collect without swearing that she didn't get some other way. So, so there's no shvu involved in this. Now the Gemara brings that really, this is a machlekes later on here in the Masechta. The Kamiflegi, according to this pshat, the argument in our Mishnah here is the same argument, the The argument of Chanon and the children of Kainim Gedailim, which is brought later here in the Masechta. So we learned there as follows. A person went overseas. And his wife comes to Bezin and says, My husband left me alone and I have nothing to eat, so I want to take from his property, sell it or use it to be able to feed myself. So what's the halacha? So Chanan says that only later, meaning if the husband passed away or if uh, she has to collect a ksube. That's what later means. If it turns out that she has to collect a ksube, so then she has to swear. And then we allow it to collect from the properties ksuba. But But now, if she's just coming to collect mezaynis, to be able to eat, for this we allow her to collect without any shvua at all. But nechluku Allah b'nei kainim g'daylim. B'nei kainim g'daylim argued in Chanon, v'omru, and they said, tishba b'tchila u Whether she wants to collect now mezaynis, whether she wants to collect later the ksuba, either way, she's collecting from Yisaymim, she's going to have to swear. So we see here this machlekes. If she wants to collect mezaynis from Yisaymim, from Yerushim, does she have to swear or not? Sarab Shimon Kachanon. Sarab Shimon holds like the opinion of Chanon that says that only for the Ksuba she has to swear, but not to collect Mazainis. But Rabbanon, Kibbene Kayanim Gedailim. But the Rabbanon are like the opinion of the Bene Kayanim Gedailim that no matter what it is that she's collecting from the Yerushim, she's going to have to swear. That's the Pshat, the pshat of Rav Yirmiyeh and what Rav Shimon was saying. Maskafla Rav Sheshes. Rav Sheshes asks on this. Something wrong with the way he's learning over here because it doesn't fit into the words of what Rav Shimon said. If so, is the case over here that it's inheritors that are having her swear before she wants to collect? We're not talking about inheritors according to this pshat. Bezdin must be It's the Bezdin. Meaning, the case over here is the husband just went out of town. He didn't pass away. The husband went out of town and she comes to Bezdin and she wants to collect the Mezaynist. That's the case. It's not 
not talking about a case of Yershin. If so, what, what Rabbi Shimon should have said, that in this case, when she comes to the Bezdin, she, wants, she tells the Bezdin, listen, I have nothing to eat. My husband left me alone here and he's out of town. Can I take from his properties? So the question is whether she's allowed to take for her Mezaynas and it's the Bezdin that, that she's speaking to, not the Yershin. So why in our Mishnah does Rabbi Shimon say the Yershin? So therefore it doesn't fit into Loshin of Rabbi Shimon and the Mishnah. Again, Yoshin must be in Why does it say Yoshin? Bezdin must be in Oisem It should have said Bezdin. Elam Rav So therefore, Rav Sheshe says that this statement of Rav Shimon is not going on what it said in this Mishnah. It actually goes back to another Mishnah that we had before at the end of Peivavamid Base. What did it say over there? Aha, on the following case. So just to remind you what we spoke about over there, a case where a husband makes a deal with his wife that she's not going to have to swear for him, she's not going to have to swear for the inheritors either, for what? For this that she was doing, she was managing the properties, whatever it is that she was doing with his properties and possessions, she doesn't have to swear. But, so there then the Mishnah says about this, that that's only for anything that happened in the husband's lifetime. But now, she went now from the burial of her husband back to her father's home. Even if she went back to her father-in-law's home. And she's not anymore a manager of the properties or the business. So so the Yershim can't have a swear for anything because that was the deal the father made that she doesn't swear. If now she does become the apotropist, the manager of all the possessions and properties, so now the Yoshim could have a swear for the future from here forward. So now that deal the husband made with her is does not apply anymore. But they can't have a swear for anything that was before. That was part of the husband's deal that she doesn't have to swear. That was what the Mishnah said before. Now on this, Vasa Rab Shimon comes and says as follows. Calls man subasa. If she's collecting the ksube, then Yershim must be Only for this could the Yershim have a swear. But ain't a subasa. If she's not collecting the ksube, ain't a Yershim must be She does not have to swear for the inheritors. And that includes even if from now going forward she became a manager, she became an apotropist of the properties. And seemingly now this is not part of the deal she made with the husband that she won't have to swear. But it doesn't matter. According to Rab Shimon, even for the properties going forward that she's managing, she will not have to swear. The only time she will have to swear for the Yarshim is if she's coming to collect her ksuba. That's what Rab Shimon is arguing on the Rabbanon, on the Tanakama. And the Gemara brings that this Machlekes as well, we find also in another place. The Kamifligi, the Machlekes here between the Tanakama and Rab Shimon is Beplukte, the Abishal, the Rabbanon. It's the same argument that we find between Abishal and the Rabbanon. The Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, Apatropis Shemino Avi Yisayimim. An Apatropis that was appointed by the father himself, the father of the Yisayimim, before he passed away, he appointed a manager for the Yisayimim. So Yishba, he's going to have to swear regarding whatever happened with all the properties, whether he did it honestly, did he, did he not take anything for himself. So in that case, he has to swear. But Minu Bezdin, if it, the Bezdin is the one that appointed him to be an Apotropos, Lo Yishba. In such a case, he does not swear. Rashi explains, the point over here is, we don't want that an Apotropos should think to himself, why should I get myself into this trouble to become an Apotropos? 
If I'm going to be an apotropist, I'm going to be suspected of stealing. I'm going to be forced to swear. Uh-huh. Why should I even get involved in this? Uh-huh. So therefore, the svara of the Tanakam over here is, if the father of the Yisayimim is appointing someone, so the Tanakama says, unless this is a very good friend of the family and is doing this as a favor for the father, he wouldn't do it, Bechlal. So if it's a good friend, even if he'll have to swear, it won't prevent him of doing this. But if it's a bezin that's appointing him and he's not necessarily a good friend of the family... Why should he do this if it's getting him into trouble? So therefore, if a bezin is appointing this apotropis, he doesn't swear. But Abishal says, no, he says the svara goes the reverse. If the bezin is appointing him, yeshava, then he will have to swear for everything that he managed. And here, the svara of Abishal is, the fact that a bezin is choosing you to be appointed, to be the apotropis, a person feels very choshev about this. Oh, bezin trusts me. So over here, this, this won't prevent him of taking on this job, even if he's going to have to swear. But if Avi Yisayimim, we know Avi Yisayimim that is, but if the father of the Yisayimim are the one that appointed him, so then Lo Yishava. In that case, he doesn't feel so good about it. He doesn't feel so hushed that the father is choosing him. So in such a case, he doesn't have to swear. We don't want him to think twice about taking this job. So what do we see over here? That there's a machlaikis here regarding when a person is being appointed by the father, whether you have to swear as an apotropus, as an apotropus appointed for the fa- by the father. So Rabshimin Kabishal. Rabshimin follows the opinion of Abishal that as long as the father appointed you as an apotropus, you don't have to swear. So this wife, if she was appointed as an apotropus from the father, so therefore, even though now it's the properties of the Yusayimim going forward, it has nothing to do with the previous deal that she made with the husband that she won't have to swear, but it doesn't matter. She's an apotropus also appointed by the father. She doesn't have to swear for this. By, the by, the, by her husband, which is the father of the Yusayimim, uh-huh. correct. So she doesn't have to swear for this. The only thing she has to swear, up Shimon says, is if she's coming to collect her ksuba. And the Rabbanan in our Mishnah, they hold like the Rabbanan there that say that when the other Rabbah, when the father appoints you as an apotropus, you will have to swear. So therefore they say, for anything going forward in these properties, you will have to swear. Maskevla Abayas, and now this Pshat asks, so if so, what does it come out according to this Pshat? It's saying over here that Rab Shimon is actually coming to be lenient. Shimon is coming to say that she will not have to swear even though she became an apotropist going forward and it doesn't belong, the possessions don't belong to the father anymore. But nevertheless, Rav Shimon is coming to be lenient that she still does not have to swear unless she's coming to collect the But that doesn't fit into the Lashon of Rav Shimon. If you look at his words, it sounds like he's trying to be stringent. Hi, kolzman The expression of kolzman. Any time she's coming to collect the ksuba, she has to swear. It sounds like he's coming to add and say any time. More stringent. It should have said it, making it clear that it's actually a leniency. Im toivas mi should have said only if, only if she's collecting the ksuba, then she will have to swear. So therefore, Elam Abaye, Abaye says, we were holding, is this a third shot of here, I think? Yeah. Elam Abaye says, Abaye, aho, that the Machlekes of Rab Shimon is going back to an earlier din that we learned also in the Mishnah on Daf Pevav. What did it say over there? Cos of law, he wrote to his wife. So this is the deal that he made with her. Neder shvu enli alecha, no vow, no shvu. Do I have on you? You're not going to have to swear for me. 
So the Mishnah there goes on to say, she won't have to swear for him. And if he specifies clearly in this deal that you don't have to swear, not for me, not for, for my inheritors, and not you will have to swear, not your inheritors will have to swear. As the Gmedic Mar here brings, the Mishnah there said that Neder only not I not for me do you have to swear, you're shy, not for my inheritors, not anybody that buys my properties and you want to collect from them, you don't have to swear either. Alecha, not you have to swear, all your not your inheritors would have to swear. Anybody that bought the rights of Yuxuba that's coming in your place, no shvur at all. So then, what did the Tana say before? Ain Yochalash Bia. So then he can't have a swear. Not he, not his inheritors, not anyone that comes in his place. And not she has to swear, not her inheritors have to swear, and not anyone that comes in her place. That's what the Tana Kama said. comes and says, calls man subasa. If she's coming to collect her ksobe, then Yarshim Ashbinaisa. For the ksobe, she's coming to collect her ksobe, the Yarshim could have a swear before she collects. Why is this? In other words, the, the, the Abshimin disagrees with this deal that it will not take effect regarding when she's coming to collect from the Yarshim. Maybe if she's coming to collect from the husband himself, yes, but not from the Yarshim. Why not? Here the Gemara brings something that was mentioned before in the Gemara, the Kamiflugi, the Plukte, the Abishal, Ben Imam, Miriam, the Rabbanon. The argument here is the same as the Machloikis between Abishal and the Rabbanon, which was mentioned earlier in the Gemara. What did it say before in the Gemara? Abishal says, you can make whatever deal you want, but the problem is, collecting from Yershin, there's a Takonim the Rabbanon that you must make a Shvua before you collect from Yershin. So therefore, even if the deal will work for collecting from the husband, but not if you collect from the Yershin. So therefore, again, what does Gemara say here? Rab Shimon Kabushal. Rab Shimon that says over here that if she's coming to collect from the Yarshin, so Rab Shimon is machmer that she's going to have to make a shvua. And the Rabbanon, Kerabbanon, and the Rabbanon that say that the deal does work to pat to her from a shvua, even if she's collecting from the Yarshin, is following the Rabbanon's opinion. The Rabbanon argue, even though I didn't say it before clearly in the Gemara, but this is the, the Rabbanon disagree and say that they they do. Uh, the, 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 the deal does take effect and even from the Yarshim you will not have to make a Shavua that's the Machlaikis okay so this is this fits into the words of Rab Shimon he's coming to be Machmer now Mask of Lord of Pope however Rav Pope asks on this and says this is understood as far as the first part of the statement of Rab Shimon what did Rab Shimon say in the first part of the statement Kozman Shetivask Subasa as long as she's coming to collect the Ksuba from the Yarshin and it Tavask again sorry stop right over there again Kozman Shetivask Subasa as long as she's coming to collect her Ksuba from the Yarshin she has to swear that's the Takonim that Rabbanon and Abishal says no deal can take off that Takonim but now what was the second half of Rab Shimon's statement then Rab Shimon said if she's not collecting her Ksuba from the Yarshin so then she does not have to make a shvua. Maya kalamema. How are you going to explain that? What exactly is he trying to say by that? What 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 what, what is which case is he referring to? Again, yeah, his lashon over there is ena tevask subasa ena yarshim So the yarshim can't have a swear. What is that referring to? Elam rav pape. So therefore, regarding this second uh, part of what Rav Shimon said, so Rav Pape said la fuke mid Rav Lazar This is coming to exclude from what Rav and his Machlokes both said. What do they both say regarding the case of uh, the Apotropis? That if you make a shvu, if you if you make a uh, deal with your wife, that you will not have to make a shvu. So how did we learn before? 
you can make a special deal with your wife that she won't have to swear for you as a caretaker or as a business manager of the store. She won't have to swear. But if you don't make such a deal, then the husband can have a swear every time he wants. To have to swear for him that you didn't take money from me today, you didn't take money from me yesterday. On this, Rab Shimon is coming and saying that no, you can't have a swear for such kind of things. Not the husband, that not Yarshim can have a swear if she's a manager of the store, even in the lifetime of the husband. The husband cannot make a swear for such things. Why? Because according to Rab Shimon, this the Svara the Gemara mentioned before, that she can say, I can't live with one snake in a basket. Yeah, yeah. If I have a husband that's making me swear yeah. about these things, so that I can't live like this. So that's what Rab Shimon meant to say. When Rab Shimon over here in the second part of his statement, when he says, If she's not collecting the ksuba, Elamai, so what is she? What, what is the issue? Why would the Yershim want to have a swear? Because she's a manager of the business. And a Yershim must be a Yershim. No, they can't have a swear because for such a kind of a thing, as a manager of a business, a husband or even the Yershim can't have a swear because she can't live with a man like this. Before, if you remember, there was a machalik between the Rabban and Rabbeleyezer, whether you apply that svada regarding the, the needs in the home, if she's baking, uh, she's making a challah, or she's uh, using thread. But over here, Rab Shimon is now saying, even not the matters in the home, even regarding the business, if the husband doesn't trust the wife, the wife could say, I can't live with you. So therefore, she doesn't have to swear for such kind of things.